On today's episode of the SPEMA Council podcast, we interviewed SPEMA alum and founder of the Wheeled Brew, Evan McDonald. And this was an unbelievable, unbelievable episode full of great content that that we've put 100% guarantee that you can take at least one thing from uh, this interview that that we had that we had that we had with him, uh, Evan talked to us about uh, his time in the SPEMA in, in the SPEMA in the SPEMA program and uh, and the career niches that he that he initially wanted to do. Uh, he talked about his time with Sigma Promotions and dealing with um, a whole host of brands such as Adidas and TaylorMade, and he t- and he gave us an inside look as to what the process was for. Um, dealing with brands like that, um, he gave us a uh, and he gave us an inside look into the wheeled brew as to how it started in the midst, how it started, um, what the what the business model was, uh, why he why he's using uh, trucks for the actual bars, uh, why he puts uh, puts names on his trucks. We found that to be pretty cool, and why he opens uh, the wheeled brew's first store location in the middle of a in the middle of a pandemic in downtown in downtown Barry. Again, awesome, awesome episode. Uh, we also brought on uh, we also brought on an old friend of the show, Evan Pike, um, to co-host this episode. So it was great having him on as well. Uh, but if I say anything more, I'm going to spoil it. So uh, spoil um, the, de- the all the details of the show, and I don't want to do that. So uh, let's let's uh, let's not delay any further and get right into it. Um, and again, we, we hope you enjoy, uh, this, sh- this, 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 this show, this show, because there's a lot you can take from it, um, and a lot to learn from it as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, because this is the Schema Council Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. And you know what time it is. I invite you to pull up a chair, sit back, and relax, and welcome you to yet another episode of the Schema Council podcast. Um, thank, uh, great again that uh, you can join us wherever you're listening on, uh, on on YouTube or on our audio feeds and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, whatever feed you are on. Once again, we thank you for taking the time to, uh, to listen, to listen to, to listen to us after our takeover Friday last week. Uh, we're back with some fresh pro- podcast content, bring, uh, uh, bring on an awesome, awesome guest. But before we get to that guest, uh, let's introduce an old friend of the show. Uh, Evan, pa- Ev- Evan, Evan Pike last year, la- last year, la- la- last year's, um, last year's, last year's social media ma- manager makes his triumphant return as co-host, uh, for this episode of the show. Evan, it's good to have you back, buddy. Yeah, it's great to be back. Well, appreciate the, uh, the invite on and, uh, Anytime. I, uh, you know, I've been looking, itching a little bit, itching to get back here. And, uh, you know, I think I picked a pretty pretty good episode to uh come back on for season three itching to get itching to get on weren't you weren't, weren't you weren't you weren't you sending at least like a good seven to ten tax text on the group chat just uh just 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 saying hey uh can you uh can you get me on the co on, on the co-hosting train bud was that you or <laughs> and i sent maddie a couple texts i was like maddie like I I uh, need to be on one of these soon. Like if I my schedule works out with uh, your recording, like get me on there. And she was like, no problem. If your if if your if your if your schedule if your if your schedule if your schedule if your schedule works out, trust me, 
with, with your with that that with that enthusiasm, I don't think the schedule matters, buddy. Like <laughs> on, on 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 but you know, in all, in all seriousness, it's great. Well, hey, look at me. I I skipped class for this, so there you go. <laughs> Doesn't matter the schedule. I'm here, here, here to here to have fun and do you know, oh. listen to some awesome uh advice and stories oh, from Mr. Evan McDonald. So Oh Lord. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess you've kind of alluded to it, but we, uh, but our guest this episode was Evan McDonald, who is the founder of, um, who is the founder of the wheeled brew. Um, and it's, and, and, uh, and for, and it, it, and, and it is what the, what the name says it is a, a, a business selling craft beer, usually at, uh, usually at, usually at events and festivals, but in the form of old, of, of old, of old style, 1930s, 1940, 1940s trucks and all our, our, our locally, our, 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 our great craft brew selections, uh, from, from, from across the province. And just recently, uh, uh, in last March, he opened up a, uh, he opened up a physical store, the wheel brew bottle shop in downtown, in downtown, in downtown bear in downtown Barry, uh, and with wh- where that location has succeed has seen, um, quite a bit of success in its short time in, in operations. But I mean, I, I, I don't know where to start. Um, I mean, beyond the wheeled brew, there was uh, behind, beyond his bits on on the wheeled brew and his sort of pointers uh, that related to those experiences. You know what, like what, like what did you take? What did you take from it? I know it's not. I know the list is probably a mile long, but like, what were some of your main takeaways? Yeah, I think I think my biggest takeaway was just um, you know his advice on um you know really just trying to have an open mindset coming into a program like sport management really just trying to be a sponge like the cliches he talked about be a sponge take in as much as you can you know focus on just being a good like learner like learning everything that you possibly can because you don't know exactly where you're going to end up after you just know that you know if you're if you're taking everything that you can from every situation and every you know learning opportunity you're going to set yourself up for the best and and the most success that you can have in whatever you end up pursuing yeah a big, a big point that he, that he hammered again was just how diverse how diverse the speed of program can be uh, once you branch out into the, into the, into the, into those, cl- into those classes, it can be, even though it's, even though it's presented in a sports slant, it can be applicable to literally every, 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 everywhere. You just have to find your niche and sort of have a rough idea of what you're, of what you're, pa- of what you're passionate about. And, you know, in Evan's case, it, it, it was a huge emphasis on marketing and, uh, and, and brand and brand and brand relationships. Uh, a lot of which he tackled at, with his duties with, um, with 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 Sigma with Sigma promote with Sigma promotions, uh, but again the other th- but the other thing that I just 
uh, that really um, uh, stood out to me was his entrepreneurial spirit and his willingness to, you know, find to find gaps and find solutions where you know his bit where uh, the wheel brew uh, could be um, could be a viable business to a point where they opened up a a, a store a store a store location and I, and I thought that was that his that that spirit was one of the highlights of the podcast eh in the middle of a pandemic too not oh to my mention <laughs> oh yeah my I agree I agree it was uh yeah it all Just... it almost it almost leaves you flabbergasted as to is uh, as to how as to like how much like how much will it takes to 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 take to take that to take that risk in the middle of covid when you know we've We've heard we've heard more than enough about how the restaurant industry has been negatively impacted by it, eh? Yeah, and just his his willingness to like accept failure and just accept the fact that like failure happens, like it's he mm-hmm. it doesn't phase him. Like he just, you know, okay, I'm gonna fail, like whatever, I'm gonna learn from it, and I'm just gonna keep going. I'm gonna be better because of it. Like I think myself in particular, like a lot of the times I don't necessarily try things or want to you know put myself out there in situations because I think I'm going to fail but like yep. it it really is about just learning from those failures and I think he hammered that really well a hundred a hundred a hundred percent it's a tough lesson to learn but one that is absolutely necessary and one that is is that may not may not may not seem great but is act but see but is actually beneficial in terms of lessons learned especially if you take that early or early on before we get to the interview evan um i, I guess any any last words before uh, before we before, before before we stand off no i think i uh, i think i speak for both of us here and i'm just really excited for everybody to uh to listen to this to this uh, podcast because i think you're really gonna take something i i don't know what you'll take from it but they're there was a lot of things that he talked about that I'm take, taking you away take from. Something. You will take oh, something. Oh, absolutely. We are, we are putting a 100% guarantee behind, behind, behind this, and we're not kidding. No, absolutely. And with, with that guarantee on the line, uh, let's head over to our interview with Evan McDonald uh, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the Wheeled Brew. We hope you, we hope, we hope you enjoy. And once again, we thank you so much uh, for your, for your, for your, for your, for your listenership um, and your support on the shows and on social media. Here's Evan McDonald. All right, for this week's edition of the SPEMA Council podcast, we've got another great guest coming coming to you, a SPEMA alum class of 2020-2014. He previously spent four, uh, uh, almost five years at Sigma, at Sigma Pro, uh, Promotions as their, account, as their account manager and event executioner, and he is now the founder and director of the Wheeled Brew Bottle Shop, which recently opened uh, a store, a store uh, locate location serving serving delicious craft beers in downtown Barrie. Coming us coming to us uh, now from Barrie, Ontario. Please welcome Evan McDonald to the show. Evan, it's a pleasure to have you on, mate. Thanks so much for having me, uh, and hello to all the listeners out there that may or may not be able to see me. It's a it's a pleasure. I'm excited to get uh, get cracking with this. Our sound, no, as, 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 as are we, as are we, um, 
I guess uh, let's get going with the de facto first word of the Schema Council podcast. Evan, what mindset have you adopted to forge a successful career? I think uh, if there if there was a buzzword per se about what's kind of affected my career in the most positive manner and kind of led me on a trajectory of um, of doing some of the cool things I've been able to do is definitely learning and uh, and quick movement. Um, now, le- learning is a fun one because, you know, for those that are listening that are still in university, you're obviously doing a ton of that, uh, but it's something that doesn't stop. And learning to learn while sounding absolutely ridiculous uh, is absolutely something that, uh, that you'll constantly be evolving with. And for me, it was um, something that early on in my, in my Sigma promotions um, tenure that, uh, that my mentors there instilled in me and something that was super important and kind of um, enabled me to 10x. I sound like a um, like a TED talk right now, but to 10x my uh, um, my career and, and kind of have the mindset to take risks that I would not have have been able to or would have even thought possible um, prior. And on the quick movement word, I think something that we're often um, failed to do and something that's vilified is uh, is failure. Um, and sometimes myself included, we, we all linger on it a little bit and we're, you're, we're all going to do things that, uh, that aren't going to go well, uh, in and outside of our businesses, our personal lives. And I think one of the key things is, is to get the mindset of failing fast, um, and analyzing those failures to project you forward. It's not the end of the world. And, uh, and it's something that uh, they've also learned along the way. So those two things, learning and, and quick movement, and kind of enabled, enabled me to pivot through everything. Um, I mean, if you, if you just look at it on paper, I own a bar and an events company in the midst of a pandemic. If you would have said that to me um, a few years back and told me that there was going to be a global pandemic that would wipe out a ton of uh, events-based businesses and restaurants, don't think I would have taken that risk. Um, but with the mindset of, and, and just learning from some of the mentors I was able to learn from, uh, it just plowed me on a trajectory forward and I was able to tackle certain niches that allowed me to, uh, um, to survive and kind of thrive within those, those environments. I, I think, especially for, for, for university, for university students, and, you know, this is something that, you know, I've sort of discovered more and more, um, is that, you know, we, we, is that that you have the be- we have the benefit of time, so there's more opportunities to get your to throw to throw your, to throw your to throw yourself into things that you may that you may not may not have may not have expected. And if you don't do well, then you don't do well. At worst, there's going to be a less there's there's going to be lessons learned. There's going to be lessons learned from 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 it from it and and uh, and and maybe some valuable information there. Now, I mean. Again, on the topic of like of running of of running a of running an event an event an events an event space and a and a craft and a craft beer shop, in the midst of COVID, we we've heard more than enough of how this freaking pandemic has uh has ab has ab has impacted the restaurant in 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 in, in this industry far more. Than any than any than any other than than any other in, in than any any other industry. The only thing the only one I could think of that comes that does that might come close would probably be 
personal care services such as hairdressers and stuff and, stu- and stuff and stuff like and stuff like that but i I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I go, I, you know, I, 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 I go home sometimes on the weekend and, you know, there, 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 there are so many restaurants in, in my, in my hometown on the lake, on the Lake Ontario waterfront. And I, 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 I honestly don't know how they're still, uh, they're still, they're still going, but like, it is unbelievable how, uh, but with the, that with it's unbelievable how these people have shown resiliency to to keep to keep up and keep up and survive and again uh and 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 again this might be a shameless plug but if you have the means to if you have the means to afford it support local support local support local because that's that's the heart that's the heartbeat of any of every community it's what it is it's literally what keeps the economy going and the jobs flowing absolutely and i think too we've We've had uh, the benefit of um, of that kind of glo- global communication strategy, which, like you said, has been uh, support local, and we've been benefactors of that. Specifically in Barrie, there is an amazing community here that um, is willing to go support multiple businesses and enjoys meeting new people and having new experiences. And throughout the pandemic, they've been coming out in uh, in droves to kind of support us in in any way possible and. And it's continued since things have kind of loosened up a little bit. Um, and it's inspiring for me because it enables us to keep pushing forward and, and coming up with uh, with new experiences for them and cool stuff, which, again, starts that starts that engine going. So, yeah, I, I do urge everyone as well to, uh, even if in only a small way, and maybe it's once a month going out to, uh, to not a, a big chain, but a, a local restaurant, um, or that that barber down the road, whatever it is, just uh, just trying to work that into into your monthly and uh, and weekly routines. And it's you don't understand the impact that even just a few dollars has on a small business. Um, and uh, those multiple drops in the bucket fill it up. And um, yeah, that's that's definitely what I have to say on that matter. Yeah, that's an awesome awesome thing to to keep in mind for sure. Um, you know, especially with how uh, you sort of started your your schooling career you know it was in SPEMA it wasn't necessarily you know that you know entrepreneurial like business focused like you know you sort of started that like this program that we're in now with you know an idea that wasn't necessarily you know the way that you thought that your career would be going so like absolutely is, not <laughs> is that so what what was your initial sort of like career that you thought go, coming out of spima yeah and as, as you guys know to being in it now i think when um when you look at the sport management program um from that maybe that position of being in high school and either knowing or, or not knowing or having a vague idea of where you want to go there's uh, something romantic about um, that little word sport in, uh, in, in that program. Um, and I think that's initially, uh, I was so, well, I still am heavily invested in, um, in what's going on in the sport world from both a professional and uh, professional curiosity and a just consumer. Um, you know, we're watching the NHL, watching the English Premier League, Having lived in England for a while, I'm still massively um, romantic about that whole industry. And I think going into it, uh, I definitely had 
sports agents um, on the minds uh, with little to no knowledge of what that actually entailed. And as you guys know, once you start diving into the programs, the classes, meeting various alumni who are actually out in the in the work world doing what you maybe at the time aspire to do, um, you learn you learn things and you kind of can redirect both your passion and, and what you want to do. I mean, again, scrolling back the years a little bit, I don't think that uh, I would have foreseen myself to be to be where I am. Uh, but one of the extremely positive things I found about the sport management program because I mean has grown crazily over over the years but um, even back in in that period of 2010 to 2014 when I was uh, when I was there um, there's so many different avenues within within that industry that you're forced to be a multi-tool you have to learn multiple different uh, different things from marketing to sales um, legislature law all of that kind of stuff and it's unbelievable how that has kind of come up within my career uh, I mean I started in the events industry with free pro marketing which was an agency um, shortly after after school was done and I'm all of a sudden in event operations and execution and learning logistics and feeling so out of my depth early on um, but I think again that buzzword learning comes in and just kind of being a sponge and soaking up your environment, the cliches that we've all heard a million times uh, is, is so huge. And that, that view of becoming a sports agent quickly changed. And I did leaving school, not really know where it was going to land. I kind of had a viewpoint of, I, I really enjoyed marketing. I really enjoyed creating. So naturally I got a sales job. <laughs> um, so shortly after working in event logistics um, and uh, that kind of environment, I changed over to that sales profession um, unknowingly at the time. It was a role with a growing company, Sigma Promotions, that was just rapidly on the rise. Um, and Nikki over there gave me an opportunity just to start as, as a coordinator, um, working with different accounts, uh, building relationships. I remember being terrified to pick up the phone to call clients. Um, and uh, it's it sounds sounds ridiculous, but absolutely, like these are things when when I was starting out that terrified me. And uh, slowly, through again having those good mentors and and being willing to learn, um, we rose and grew exponentially as a as a company. It allowed me to start working with um, with bigger corporate accounts, the big names, and even small startups uh, in the tech industry. And it just allowed me to really expand my, my network. Um, and I think, too, one of the benefits of, of that sales job, so going from sports to events to sales, um, again, I had different elements from each of those past um, varieties of jobs that enabled me to put myself in the client's, in the client's domain, whether that was whatever, Google, helping Google or... Um, running events for for adidas tailor-made uh golf division through some relationships that my mentors had um it just it was an incredible experience and i was able to see things maybe from a different perspective um and gaining perspectives from different industries is is incredible um and from there i <laughs> i literally just my marketing mind working with so many different businesses and so many different industries um, shifted from helping others bring experiences to life to seeing an opportunity to bring 
my own ex- uh, my own experience and experiences to life and things that I wanted to create and enter the wheel of brew. Um, and yeah, so it's it's been a long journey, but it's a long way of saying that the start of the journey heading into sport management. Um, I don't think I don't think sport management limits you to just sport. I think it does create uh, a multi-tool version of yourself 100%. with many different skills. And uh, you're able to uh, you're able to kind of thrive in wherever you're you're put. And I think I've constantly sought that same variety that I was getting in school in, uh, in throughout my career. Hundred percent. And like you know, like you know, people may not realize it when they get into first year, but you know, um, the it's 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 interesting just to see how how far the program reaches uh, uh, reach uh, like uh, expands and like in, in in not not only in terms of courses. But you know, it's it's fair. You know, it's fair. It's fair. It's fairly. Tra- it, 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 it's a degree where you know the stuff that you learn is fairly transferable in 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 in, in any environment, really, sport or sport or sport or not, sport or not. And you know, it's all about finding you know finding your 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 niche, even though it, it's presented in a sport context. You know, finding that niche. Um, or multiple niches is, is, uh, it, uh, it, it can be a big thing when, when trying, when trying to find out, you know, what you're passionate about and what you want and what you want to pursue. Uh, before we, before we move on, you mentioned the English Premier League. Quick question for you. What's your favorite side? West Ham. Um, my family. West Ham. Up, yeah. My family grew West. up in, uh, grew up in East London and, um, have a, a bit of a history there. So I've been able both when living in England and uh, and just traveling, to kind of continue that that love, and I've been in I've been very fortunate to have been to numerous games um, and see them play, and that that passion's been growing over the past uh, over the past thirteen fourteen years, I'd say, um, and uh, it's just continued to grow. Did you ever go? Did you ever go see a match at the Berlin Ground? I've seen several at the Bowling Ground, um, which Man. was great before they made the transition, and it the atmosphere was incredible. And what a stadium! I would, I would say um, both both venues are kind of come, like the Bowling was amazing, but the London Stadium's finally after some troubles, uh, and there's a case study for for Spima after some troubles has uh, started to feel more like home for the for the mm-hmm. team and the fans. Um, but yeah, I was I was super fortunate to go there and, and see those things and. I did an exchange um, as well as traveling, living there numerous times um, just because of my, my parents and, and grandparents. Um, and the exchange was one of the best things I, I could have done. A whole new way of schooling, um, different co-op programs, and just traveling all within, all within a very short six-month period. And uh, I would highly recommend if that program is still available to, to partake. You get, again, perspective and, and differences, it, it does come into play. It seems that uh, your side and mine are are neck are neck are neck and are neck and neck. I was uh, pretty happy on I think it was either the Monday evening or the Tuesday evening of uh, Wolves two one defeat to uh, to Everton Everton F to Everton FC, especially since uh, Raul got fiftieth uh, in, in a in a in a Wolves in a Wolves in a Wolves uniform. So um, we'll see how the season plays out, but, uh, so far it's, it's looking, it's looking great for, uh, for, for both, for both my wolves and, uh, 
and uh, and your West Ham United. But um, I guess um, moving on to the next question, you you did touch on it a bit uh, with your role with Sigma Promotions, and you spent a fair amount of time in client relationship management in companies with companies like Adidas and TaylorMade. Uh, can you just quickly go through uh, what usually happened when Sigma wanted to construct a new project with brands like these? Yeah, so it's a it's a process that developed over over quite some time, and being in a a company where the leader was so entrenched in in relationship management and personal development, um, we were able to develop that process over time um, and kind of hone it in a little bit. Uh, because each time you start with uh, with a brand, there's and you'll see different roadmaps and um, ways to do things, but it does start with a relationship with a with a specific client, and everything comes back to sales in one way or another. Um, relationship management is is huge, um, and one thing I will say to everyone: a lot of my success came from um, literally being my authentic self, and it's something that didn't come to me early. Uh, I have a bit of a chatterbox, a bit of a personality, and uh, I really, really enjoy to have fun. So just starting in those relationships with uh, with new clients and clients that have been in-house for quite some time, um, I think you start working on a project-by-project basis. Um, and from there, it kind of comes to a point of discovery. You you don't always know what's um, what's coming down the pipeline for a specific client. And I think one of the starting points uh, is to put that marketing hat on, identify what kind of problems um, or challenges the the clients are facing or will face. And sometimes that comes through conversation with them directly. Uh, Sometimes that comes through um, some foresight, some creativity, and um, just kind of proposing different ideas to clients. Uh, so that discovery period where you're kind of finding out about the client, how they do things, who their ideal um, customer is, all that kind of stuff, it, it does come into play. And from there, you start coming, once you've identified that challenge, you start coming up with those concepts that you can pitch to them. And I think just leaning back on on Sigma, um, the main business that was done there was uh, was a lot of promotional products. So we'd identify um, different challenges, whether that was... Um, companies having issues with employee retention or they're having a big festival and they wanted pricing to um to give it on social media to increase engagement uh various little activations along the way we'd always have to figure out a way to incorporate our product um into what they're doing but at the same time focusing on a service to them if you start from a point of trying to to push a product that's not necessarily going to work that's a very short term short term view and um, for us, it was very much um, being solutions first for our client and sometimes at a loss. And at the end of the day, when you're helping, helping your client from a point of, uh, from a point of service and actually being a value um, to them when they're in a jam, it definitely helps uh, building that long-term relationship. And exactly. I think one, one of the key things too is that execution. It's all great when, when you can chat about um, you can chat about different ideas and, and doing things, but at the end of the day, they have to be viable. Um, they have to be executed well and in a timely manner. And I think it's it's a lot of the things that when you're in your first project um, in the workplace, uh, you're you're acutely aware um, that you have to get it right. And sometimes it doesn't go right, but I think at the same time um, that just backing up and being able to analyze why 
um, and how to avoid that in the future. It, it nine times out of 10, um, you'll be able to nail it the, the next time around and um, making sure that your client knows how much um, you care for what they're doing is also, is also a huge thing. Um, so again, long-winded way of saying that uh, my time at Sigma working with just hundreds of different clients um, and working in a team environment where I would be jumping onto other sales sales reps accounts to help them out with relationships that they had built. Um, it was a, it was a really great team environment, and I would uh, I would hasten to add that um, that industry is is a cool one to start in just to see. There's many uh, many cool um, suppliers like Brand Boulevard close by to you guys, um, and Sigma Promotions, and some large players where you can get that variety and work with hundreds of different businesses um, and get a, get a viewpoint for what they do. And while also putting on your sales hat, your marketing hat, a um, little bit of financials, um, budgeting, all that kind of stuff and logistics. And you can do all that in one. Um, so that's another thing I'd urge SPEMA students is don't be set on starting just in the sports industry. Keep your mind open. There's a lot of industries looking for talent right now um, that are struggling to do so. And, one way or another, even if you want to end up in sports, that little diversion might give you all the experience to be a massive asset to someone in the sports industry later. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that advice there, like, I, uh, I don't think there's any, like, there's any way that for me personally, that I would like going into some, going into like this, program i don't think there's any better advice other than what exactly what you just said like keeping an open mindset keeping that like sort of freedom in yourself like to to sort of learn different things become that multi-tool be able to to become an asset through through like the skills and things that you learn not necessarily in the sport industry but outside of it i think that's that's like the perfect uh advice that we can take because a lot of people i know in this in this program are really set on sport and you can obviously get amazing opportunities and amazing skills and stuff in sport but there's always other opportunities and stuff outside of sport it's not just in the sport industry and i mean when you said you know all of these things that you were able to learn like at sigma promotions you sort of transitioned that into starting your own business with the wheeled brew um i mean obviously other than the fact that it's a bar on wheels what like what makes it unique and and why did you kind of go into that like serving private events and birthdays and weddings like what was sort of the decision uh behind that sort of business model yeah so i think just rolling back a little bit to when i was living in england again getting a fresh perspective um i was able to go to central London to some of the markets um, and Northern England, some of the markets and just see some ingenuity and creativity uh, of businesses that maybe couldn't afford a brick and mortar location um, or had a really cool brand concept. Um, I saw some working with vehicles that they would have in markets. There was one guy who took a, um, a black cab, welded at the top, put an espresso tower in boom, black cab coffee now has multiple locations wow. uh, <laughs> all across the UK and just things that, you know, just again, expanding your mindset and thinking um, thinking around a roadblock that potentially would get in your way. 
so I saw things like that and some interesting, um, some interesting movements. There was a really cool charitable organization called Change Please, um, which took uh, unfortunate and, and poverty-stricken, homeless or mentally ill people and um, kind of put them with a rehabilitation officer and would run coffee carts with them. And once they had worked, um, worked a certain amount of hours, that business would then become theirs. Um, so it was a really cool, I don't know if, uh, if Laura Cousins is still there doing sport for development. Uh, she, she, she is, she's actually my, uh, she's, she's actually my, uh, uh, professor for, uh, strategic, strategic, strategic alliances. Uh, and she, she, I think she, yeah. she does teach sport for development as well. So, yeah, so that was, that was one of the, another opening um, class that I took, uh, took there as well, because, um, again, going back to that change, please, that was one of the most inspiring um inspiring charitable yet progressively entrepreneurial um programs where they were using entrepreneurship and business as a way to grow and develop um and under um under and kind of a stricken category anyways in london but uh just circling back the uh those few things that i saw in those markets really got my brain going and maybe at the time um I was a bit younger, didn't really, I took those ideas in and I was inspired by them just with my marketing brain. I was always taking in different, different businesses or seeing different cool things. Um, but I didn't act on them. And it's one of those ideas I've, I've had a, had a ton good and horrible, uh, um, over, over the years, but, um, that one just burned with me for a long time. And I knew coffee wasn't necessarily my thing. Uh, but I really enjoyed the um, camaraderie and the creativity, ingenuity of the craft beer industry. Um, so as I got a bit older and out of school and had these kind of diverse working experiences, um, boom, there the wheel brew popped into my mind. Um, and I just, uh, the, the final straw was being at a friend's wedding. And the bar there was just a, a Home Depot folding table with a tablecloth over it with all the liquor on it. And for the most visited segment of, uh, of a wedding, um, I just thought there, there had to be a better way. And I looked around, there was no one else doing it in the country. There was a lot, there was a few kicking around in South America where the laws were a little more um, lenient uh, and over in Australia as well, but there was nothing here in Canada. Um, so that was that moment where it just started burning inside my head severely. And I had to, I had to do something and it, it just kept knocking down the door until, until the point where um, I became completely, um, I wasn't risk averse anymore. I, I just went for it. I went out and I remember fearfully buying my, uh, my first truck Howard um, and standing alongside my dad and telling him what I was going to do to it uh, to take a 1940s extremely rare and unique vehicle and drill holes in the side of it. And I remember him saying, um, that's crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I went ahead with it anyway. And um, after probably the greatest, it's been three years, probably the craziest, wildest, biggest learning experience in my life that um, it's, it's just continuously growing and expanding. And I think it's, uh, I've, I have proof of concept that people, people love it. Um, people love how unique it is. It turns heads. And I think it did fill that niche gap that maybe none of us really thought about, or maybe did and just didn't act on it. Um, 
and that's another thing where you can where you can find some uh, some success is just going that route. So that's why I went with uh, with the mobile business model is bring bring beer to the people and connecting them with awesome local craft beer. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of continued with the with the bottle shop. That's awesome. I mean, not only did you find a and uh, a, 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 a niche, a, a, a an area, a, an air, a gap that needed to be fixed. But you know, you you, you know, we, you know, we you found really what drive what drives events and and what keeps people coming back. And usually, it's 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 sort of like this wow factor that people that 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 people don't expect people don't expect. And that motivates them to either go back to similar to, sim- to similar to similar events, and um, and hopefully recapture that experience 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 again, just just by ju- just by changing how the concept of an event bar works, like the value goes up astronomically. If even even if you have like a bar, like a conventional bar table. To a nineteen four to a nineteen forties tr- uh, tr- truck serving serving all serving all different all, all different all different all all, all different ty- all different types of all different types of beers. That that and in, that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what people will, rem- will remember. Uh, they won't remember, you know. Uh, they might not remember where it was or what the or, or what the event structure might look like, but they'll definitely remember. They'll definitely remember that that cool that cool truck that poured that poured that poured that poured them uh poured them a, a few a few pints after after the event was done and you, you did touch on it but uh the names attached to them um hank willie and howard um quite the unique idea uh what what's what was the inspiration behind that uh well there's it was kind of twofold um the names are taken from various people that have uh that have either popped in or been or been big parts of my life. Um, nice. Well, not twofold; it's about threefold. Um, uh, names from country music, uh, which is a fond place in in my heart, and kind of ties nice. in with some of the retro themes. Um, and Willie specifically uh, was the nickname of uh, of my granddad, who passed away um, a couple years back. And and I think for for us, uh, it's just kind of creating another emotional connection i think we end up at weddings a lot and it's an emotional day for for everyone involved um and to just have it be a truck um that we didn't want to stop there we wanted to again create that emotional connection and we have couples say oh like i saw hank on the road again and it's just like a funny way uh, to kind of create another remarkable element of the business um and i think that's something that we kind of strive to do here is have everything be remarkable whether it's whether it's a table um the beer fridge the trucks the conversations we have everything has to be remarkable and that's one of the pillars of of kind of what we do so leaning back on the names is not going to stop there it's uh we're, we're definitely going to focus on continuing with those old time names and also getting a little more inclusive with the names as well i think uh, i think it's time for for a female truck to roll in and uh, it's something that we're we're excited and working on um right now yeah that's really cool that's uh you know creating that emotional connection is never never gonna hurt you it's never gonna hurt you in terms of you know creating like like you said that sort of memorable 
like for people just to even just casually say, yeah, I saw Hank on the road. Like it's just another thing for them to remember about your business. And I don't think, I think that that's something that like for me, I'm going to take away from this for sure. Like I didn't really ever even consider how important emotional connection is like that, but um, that's something that I'm going to take away for sure. Um, and I know you've already kind of touched on this um, and we're kind of coming towards the end here, but um, you've now opened this, this store in Barrie. Um, you know, it's no longer just the, the, the truck or trucks. Uh, um, so when you opened the store, obviously this was a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic. Um, oh, it, was in you... the, it was in the pandemic. Oh, it was in the pandemic. Yeah, it was, it's it's open March 26th of this year. So it's kind of a wild wow. ride as well. But, uh, but yeah, sorry, I cut you off there, but no, that's, make it no that's, point. yeah, totally. That's totally okay. Um, why did you think that that was a viable option? I mean, given everything that was going on and how have you kind of made it yourself and the business stand out? amidst like all the competition and the, the pandemic restrictions and stuff? Well, I think it comes back to um, experiences I had working, working in sales and kind of trying to be solutions oriented. So at the time, um, we had sporadically over the past couple of years been using the trucks because for obvious reasons, events and weddings and gatherings weren't, um, weren't as prevalent. Um, and we'd have very narrow windows where we be working hard and turning over several events. Uh, I think specifically back to stage three last year and, and the reopening plan where there was a brief month and a half, two month period where we were able to go full tilt um, to do those smaller gatherings. But um, just leaning back on, on that, um, I saw kind of a, a need um, having worked with so many different craft breweries uh, to supply the trucks for those events. And the inaccessibility of many of the craft beers, like you, it's very hard to, for example, get craft beer from small batch breweries in Niagara um, and have access to it in Barrie or even Toronto or Ottawa. Um, and so I kind of saw an avenue there. I knew bars and restaurants were hurting um, and it's, we weren't able to gather there, but this, again, this premise of creating an accessible experience, um, people weren't going to breweries, they weren't going out. Um, so to create something in the local community where they could access those products, um, was, was something that was important. And I kind of saw a little bit of a niche, to be honest, I didn't know exactly how well it was going to go, but I knew we had a challenge to solve and that we weren't doing as many events. So we had to diversify our streams a little bit and create another unique experience um, to draw attention to both businesses. And hence the, uh, the bar and bottle shop was born. Um, and we found after, after looking for some time, um, we found a, a very small jewelry shop space and, and kind of flipped it around, uh, bringing in multiple different uh, people from my life, contractors, um, plumbers, brand artists, all kind of stuff, uh, all kind of things like that. And, and people like this. And from there, it was just, uh, it was just trying to get it together as fast as possible and work with um, the local municipalities, the liquor board, all these people to kind of push the boundaries a little bit um, within the pandemic and actually create a business in a, in a downtown area that was, that was hurting quite some bit. There was a lot more shutting down than opening up, but it, it again, some of the, some of the, and I'm not putting myself in the same category as these, but it's an example 
Um, some of the greatest businesses of our time have come from economic downturns um, and where opportunities have arisen, I think specifically to an Airbnb um, where making, making living accessible um, in different locations was, was important. Uh, and there's multiple different case studies like that, that while on a much smaller scale made, made my, my idea seem, seem a little more viable and uh, again, worth the risk. And I, I think mindset wise, um, having been at a point in my life where, where I've just ferociously learned, um, I take in podcasts like Ed Milet, Andy Frazella, Mel Robbins, Tony Robbins, um, just bringing those, those mindsets into my life. And, and another one too, is, uh, how I built this with Guy Raz, um, where he talks to other business owners and the challenges they've had getting those different perspectives and changing that mindset instead of waking up and thinking, Oh crap, the trucks aren't running. Bills are coming in. Um, uh, it's just trying to put that foot forward, uh, and learn and kind of change the mindset. And I was able to go from, Oh, this seems like a bit of a risk to, uh, no, let's do it because if it fails, I'll be able to learn from it. And I can totally with the skills I'll learn, pick myself back up. Um, and, and start again. And I think, again, leaning back on that fail fast and don't be afraid of failing uh, or the perceptions from other people that it brings is, is something that's important. And, and that over time through experiences will absolutely everyone, everyone learns if they're willing to. That's a great way to put it. And I mean, you know, I mean, your point on like launching new launching businesses during economic downturns is 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 so true but more so for for but more so for uh for 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 areas that aren't as big as as, as big as those and as big as those in the gta you know you yeah you, you know if that's where the closures are felt are are felt are, are felt are felt are felt them are felt the most um and you know if the downtown area is not if the downtown area starts to deteriorate then you know it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't paint uh it doesn't paint a good picture for for that for that city so to have the wherewithal to take the risk to take the risk and uh and just and just and just and just completely sprint at it like a chart like a like a chart like a chart like a charging like a charging bull uh speaks to um speaks to the success you've had um only, less not even less than a year you know, of, of opera of operation of, of the, of this thing for sure. But again, but as we, um, as we draw this show to a close and Evan, thanks again uh, so much for, for coming on, for coming on and uh, taking time to chat with us. Um, uh, it is tradition around here uh, to, um, uh, to, to, to let the guest have the last word uh, to say what's on, uh, what's on, his, what's on, what's just to say what's on your mind, or if there's anything that you left out that you, that, that you want, that you, that you wanted to say, whatever, or, or if it, or just another chance to shoot the breeze a little while longer with us. So Evan, thanks again for coming on and the floor is yours. Ooh, pressure. I feel like this is an Oscar speech. Um, no, I think the one, if I could leave any kind of advice, um, it, it would be again, to focus on that learning the biggest change, uh, for me in my career and the biggest explosive growth has been through learning. So instead of listening to that top 40 radio, um, when you're in your car or, you know, listening to, uh, 
whatever rap artist is relevant while you're on the stair climber in the gym, toss on a podcast, toss on a business podcast, shift that perspective. It doesn't have to be all the time. It can be just in little chunks. Um, but try to take something from each, each piece you listen to. There's so much accessibility information now. Uh, and yes, your roommates sometimes might be like, why are you listening to that? Or uh, your significant other would be like, hey, let's watch, watch Netflix. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when you're setting goals, um, you can get there a lot faster by taking in free information out there from people who have done it before, who have been there. Uh, and it's just sitting out there. So like I said, th- these podcasts like Ed Milet, Andy Frazella, um, Mel Robbins, uh, Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk is a, is a big one that's very relevant on social right Gary, now. Gary Vee is a great one. Yeah, little little bite-sized tidbits that you can uh, that you can take from um, and are free. Like it's ridiculous. And I think once you, if you take that experience and start down that pathway and then also um, – start reflecting on it. So when you listen to that podcast, write a couple bite-sized chunks that you can enact into your life right now and make them actionable steps, drill a bit deeper. And it's as quick as writing them in your notebook. Okay. I'm going to read 10 pages of this book this week. Okay, cool. Um, I just learned how to open up a font in illustrator, something ridiculous like that, or, um, I'm just pulling pulling it out here, making 50 phone calls instead of 30. There's there's decisions like that that 90 days plus down the line will come come back and bring you that explosive growth. It's never going to be immediate. And yes, sometimes things will slip and you can't beat yourself up about it. But I think focusing on that personal development will be, bring you absolutely everything that you need. And it's just focusing on doing it and um putting the perceptions of other people outside of your head. Some people won't understand why you're listening to podcasts or, or taking some of this stuff. Um, but it's absolutely important to do it and it will bring change um, and explosive growth. And I, I think it's something you have to, you have to take in. And sometimes too, it's having that open mindset that even when you think something might not be a bit relevant, um, shifting perspectives, taking, okay, that might not, you know, I'm not a millionaire with a private jet, but you know, and my let's making 60 phone calls and building relationships through X. Why don't I you know, start with 10 or um, 75 hard is a program. Andy Frazella um, came up with, and it's, it's focusing on the, those personal relationships, going to the gym, um, making those phone calls, winning the day. There's, there's little things like that that you can take in. And um, I'm extremely passionate in, in this regard. And I know it's a, uh, of working in the craft beer industry as well as it can be romanticized. Ooh, we're always around beer, but um, it's extremely important to keep pushing forward. And it's a good reminder for myself as well, being on this podcast that learning is, uh, is crucial to every aspect of, of what you're going to do. And I know sometimes you're sitting in class and you got a little bit of a headache, maybe from a couple beers the night before. Um, but just try to focus on small tidbits, make things more digestible. Uh, focus on bite bite-sized pieces and uh and practicality um and i know as well the professors will have been telling everyone to go out there talk to mentors make like get experience through volunteering continue to do all that too but remember there's this small not small massive area of personal development that you can dive into for free right now um 
and it's cost you nothing. You can, you can do it for 10 minutes a day. You can listen to bite-sized chunks. Just, I urge everyone to get that different perspective. Um, and it will push you forward. And that That's is, all for me. Yep, yeah. And that is an awesome way to end off and, and to end off the show. Evan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, man. Thanks again. Thank Thanks, you. Rockstars. Cheers, guys.